it's Dusty, and welcome back to Queer Street. Today, we're going to be talking about the second book in the original Fear Street series, The Surprise Party. And you know what? I kind of like this one. It's a little bit darker right from the cover. The cover's kind of creepy, y'all. So let's get right into it. Now, this was published first on August 1st, 1989, a mere, what, June, July, August, two months after the first book. So, you know, RL, he was pumping these bitches out. And um, I kind of know a little bit about his process, but we'll get into that in another show, into that in another show, whatever. I'm not restarting. But anyway, this book comes in at 168 pages. And let's talk about this blur for a little bit. I'm going to read you the back, okay? It says, Playing for Keeps is the little subtitle. It's been a year since Evan died in the Fear Street Woods, a year since Ellen moved away and the gang, finger quotes, you can't see him, but finger quotes, split up. Meg Dalton felt as if she'd lost her best friends. Everyone changed. Even her boyfriend, Tony, was acting moody. Strange. But when she heard that Ellen was returning for a visit, Meg had the answer. She'd bring them all together again with a surprise party for Ellen. That's when the terror began. The phone calls, the threats, the bizarre acts of violence. Cancel the party or else, the whispered voice on the phone told her. Meg was scared and with good reason. Whoever wanted the party stopped would try anything, even murder. But why? The dark Fear Street Woods hold the answers if Meg dares to discover the truth. Bum, bum, bum. Again, I'm pretty sure there's a soundtrack for it. But then on the little bitty like tagline on the front says, it was just another party until the threats begin. Now this one, like I said, it's got a really creepy um, cover. So it's all like very dark, kind of like the first one. Um, still got that great, awesome Bill Schmidt, classic pulpy, you know, uh, vintage vibes it's a it's a like a mansion and it's all dark and a little foggy because that's what's scary i mean fog is fucking scary especially if you live in shady side and there's like you see the silhouette of a man kind of approaching it and there's lights on the house so it's just somebody approaching this party there's some rave going on you know all these shady side teens about to get their asses butchered anywho let's get into it so like it like the back says um, we got our main character, Meg, here. But before we get into the story, the book actually has a little bit of a prologue written from the killer's point of view. And this is kind of neat. I like these kind of things. Um, when you uh, when you have, like, the killer's point of view before you know who they are, you kind of get them. And um, Stein does this in a couple of books, as you'll see as we progress through the series. But he does it first here. And we find out this is when Evan died. So this is when the killer kills Evan. And we find out that it was not a tragic accident, as all the characters seem to think. And then we flash forward to the present day. We've got Meg. She's all sweet. She's happy, you know. And she's riding along on a bike with her boyfriend, Tony, who's a bit of a whiny, moody bitch. But we'll get to that in a minute. Her friend, Shannon, who, again, y'all, y'all, when I talk about these dated references, like, you know, the last episode, we had a friend that looked like Cher. This time, oh, shit. No, it's not Shannon. Hold on. I'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> anyway, we've got Shannon and her boyfriend, Dwayne, and then Shannon's younger cousin, Brian. And then the dead guy, Evan, was Shannon's brother. So he died a year ago. And we're going to get to that. It's Ellen who I want to describe about. So Ellen is coming back to town, their friend. So like a year ago, something happened. There's some big, you know, obviously Evan died. It was some tragic accident. He and Ellen were dating in love and you had Meg and... Uh, Tony were dating and then you had poor old Shannon. I guess she didn't have a boyfriend. And um, and then Evan died and it was all mysterious, a tragic accident, horrible. And Ellen couldn't handle it and she moved away. And since then, you know, Meg, it's just their friends fell apart, you know, because, you know, 
it's, you know, somebody died, your best friend dies, a tragic death, you're in high school, even though you're in Shadyside, it's still going to affect you. You know, you never think it could happen to you. It's likely going to happen to you because you live in Shadyside, but you know, it could happen to somebody else. Anywho, so Ellen's coming back and Meg is super excited about this. Shannon, not so much. Everybody seems a little on edge about Ellen returning. It never really says that she's kind of like, you know, like a bitch or why, but everybody is kind of like has mixed feelings but not Meg. She's all like, woo, let's throw this party. We're going to welcome her back. And everybody's like, okay, Meg, but whatever, you know. I love this part because it gave me total, like, pretty little liars vibes at the beginning of that series where you have, like, somebody coming back and somebody who's supposed to be dead. Oh, and it's fun. Anywho, so Ellen's coming back. And y'all, like I said, this is what I meant to say earlier. I got so excited because it's not share this time. This time we've got Ellen being described as looking like Daryl Hannah. Y'all, I'm nearly positive. Hold on. I'm going to pull up the Wikipedia because I got to find this out. And um, I bet this is when Splash came out. And y'all, I love that movie Splash because, you know, Ariel is my favorite mermaid. My, my favorite mermaid. She's my favorite mermaid, but she's my favorite Disney princess. Who didn't want to be Ariel? I know I did. And I'm going to look up Daryl, Hannah. And I bet that... Splash came out in 84. Roxanne came out in 87. And Steel Magnolias. Oh. Oh, that's a whole topic for another post, came out in 89. So Daryl Hannah was pretty big, you know? So if you're kind of any, you know, if you remember from then, you kind of get a vibe of who Ellen looks like, very fresh-faced and blonde. So I love that. I was like, yes, here we have this vintage description. Cher, you know, first the dark, good look, dark, you know, Cher looks with long hair and the, oh, there's another Cher impersonation for you. And now we've got Daryl Hannah. So Ellen is either a mermaid or a really dorky um, hairstylist. Either way, she's moving back and Meg wants to throw this party. So the surprise party is gonna be to welcome her back. She's just here for a little time. She's gonna be staying with her aunt and they're gonna surprise her because you know, that's what you wanna do when you have not seen somebody in a year and they left under mysterious circumstances after the horrible tragic death of her boyfriend and your friend's brother. You just surprise the hell out of them. And you know, that's what one does. So, but as soon as she decides to do this, that night she goes home and she gets a phone call that says, don't have this party. They're angry, they're threatening her, do not have this party. And she's all like, whatever, you know, because she's got to welcome her friend back. So she doesn't really think much of it. She kind of thinks it's a prank. But then the next day she goes and she tells, she starts telling, like, I got this weird phone call. And everybody is still kind of nervous and antsy about Ellen coming back. But Meg, she's excited. So she's got these invitations she's already made up. She is super excited. She talks Shannon into it again. And Shannon's dad is, um, I don't know, like some kind of, I forget what he does. But anywho, he's uh, um, making over or like redecorating the inside of this big, scary mansion in the fair fair street woods so of course of course that's where we're gonna have the surprise party why not why not so they plan it and um they're getting ready to go and meg is excited bless her heart that poor innocent dumbass and everybody else is just like mm, i don't know and then right away we're getting total creepy vibes from brian because he's um he's the one that found his cousin evan in a tragic tragic accident that we, we have not found out what it is. They just keep calling it a tragic accident. But Brian found him and he's very kind of, he's got kind of like creeper stalkery vibes because he's spying on them, you know, that, and 
yeah, he's just, I've lost my words. Oh my gosh. But I'm too far in to restart this. So Brian's got these creeper vibes because he's, oh, that's what he's, he's spying on Meg talking to Tony about this party. And then he quick runs away when they see him. Well, another cool part about this is there are lots of characters that um, are in the backgrounds of these books throughout this. And here we meet Lisa Bloom. She is a character in all these and she's, um, I love Lisa Bloom because she is a gossip. And so she knows all the gossip. She's always in the background of all of these, um, a lot of them. And I love her. So we first meet her there. So I, I just think that was cool because the more you read them, you get to know these like random characters that are in these as the side characters. And they're just fun. I love that. And I don't know, I picture him having like this huge web on a wall, you know, of all these characters. So he knows to bring them up and who's died and who's been killed and who's crazy. I love it. Anywho, so... At the end of the day, you know, Meg's all excited. She finds in her locker another creepy ass note saying not to have the party and the invitations are all cut up. So Meg, as one does, decides I'm going to make a list of all the suspects. Turns out it's all her friends because, you know, who else is going to do it? Not everybody knows about this party. You know, just she's, it's just, you know, the friends and a large chunk of the school. They're all coming. Who could it be? But everybody at the top of her list are her friends. So we've got Brian, of course. We've got even her boyfriend, Tony. Even her best friend, Shannon. Even, um, oh, Shannon's boyfriend, Dwayne. Everybody's a suspect except for Meg. Because she's the only one getting these crazy notes. Or is she? Turns out Tony gets a note too. And so that throws Meg off. She's like, well, oh my God, it can't be Tony because he got a note. Well, stay tuned, people. Stay tuned. So then Ellen comes back and she seems too happy, too giddy, almost forceful. And everybody's all like, oh. You know, like Meg's like, oh, she's not acting like herself. I'm like, bitch, come on. You have been nonstop talking about her coming back. Now she's back and she's all happy. And now you're all, you know, you don't want her around. Oh, this Meg, she's exhausted me. She's a little perky. She's a little happy-go-lucky. But you know what? Bless her heart. She's a party planner to the core because she is still carrying on with this damn party. So Meg's going through all of her lists and everything. And then she goes, she decides she's just going to, you know, she's going to do what a best friend does. And she's going to confront Shannon because she thinks it might be Shannon. <laughs> oh, that does not go over well. One, because Shannon is pissed. Two, because as she's confronting her and Shannon's pissed, Meg reaches into her lunch bag and it's full of blood. Now, I don't know if this is a brown paper bag or if this is some kind of like, you know, like one of those in the 80s, you know, have like those, they look like the little Benny Igloo ones. I had one, it was teal. Um, I don't know what kind of lunch bag she has, but it's apparently one that can hold blood. Turns out, spoiler alert, it was just paint. But, you know, in the moment, she didn't know that. Scared the shit out of her. But once again, I'm going to bring this up as I did last one. Does nobody lock their fucking lockers? I mean, come on. I, it, locks that they not have to bring a lock or is there not one attached to the lockers because apparently anybody can put anything in your locker last time we had the dead cat now we've got a bloody lunch we've got all these notes i mean you think people would freaking learn but apparently not you know let's just leave our lockers unlocked you know whatever anywho so she's completely freaked out by this as one is even though it's just paint because it got on her sweater what a drag so we're about halfway through the story now and Shannon finally forgives Meg. They make up. Shannon understands Meg's just freaking out. 
So they make up. But now Tony and Brian have disappeared and we don't know where they are. So Meg gets a search party ready to go with her dad and Tony's dad and they're looking for him. And then because bless her heart, this bitch goes and ends up getting lost in the damn Fair Street woods herself while everybody's on this search party looking for these. Well, someone sneaks up behind her and I have this note I forgot. <laughs> I love this. It goes, I, I, I don't know if I missed something or why this is there, but it is so funny to me. So somebody comes up behind her and whispers in her ear, obviously to call off the party, but it mentioned, she mentions that she smelled onions on the guy's breath. Now, if I'm lost in the Fair Street woods, and this is not my first, second, or third time being threatened about my party, and I am just been like grabbed, I don't know that the person's nasty, funky dragon breath is gonna be first on my list of things to notice. But you know what, maybe, I don't know, You, they say, you know, you smell burnt toast when you're gonna have a stroke, maybe you smell onions when you're about to be attacked. I'm not sure, I've never been attacked in the woods. but. If I am, I'm going to be sure, I guess, to pay attention to their breath. Anywho, so they push her down a ravine. And as she rolls down there and wakes up and regains consciousness, she finds Brian. And this poor dude has been beaten the hell up. But then in walks Tony. He's like, oh, I found you, Brian. I found you. It turns out they were playing some weird-ass wizards and warrior game. And now I was a dork. I will I, I will say that. I was not the, um, what do you call that? Dungeons and Dragons. So I'm thinking that's kind of like what it was. Um, just my vague references. But so Brian confesses that they were out there and um, our Tony confesses that they were out there and then Brian fell. And so Tony went to go get help. Mm -hmm. And then that's how he got there but now tony's back and meg of course innocent as she is is just glad that everybody's okay brian's not dead tony's not dead and then brian starts acting really weird and so after they all go home later he calls her and he he agrees with tony's story that they were playing this wizards and warrior game and he starts saying you know what i've been calling you and meg is like wait 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 what back it up she's like you've been calling me. he's like yeah i've been calling you i've been you know i've been trying to tell you and she's all like oh my god it's brian he's the one and turns out though that's not why he's been calling her kid you i shit you not people he says that he has reached um the fourth level of wizard power and that he believes he's finally able to contact evan and call him back from the dead and so he was he was calling. <laughs> I, I know you heard that right. So I, things gets a little bit batshit for a little bit here. Poor Brian. And so he was calling to warn Meg about that, that he thinks he can contact Evan and find out what happened and that he's doing it. So Meg was all, you know, nervous, but now she's happy because Brian is not the stalker that wants to kill her and call off her party. But now we still don't know who it is. Okay. So then Meg calls Tony and she's all like, Tony, look, um, I just got up with Brian. He was acting weird. He called me. And Tony's like, wait, he called you? What? Oh, what? Okay. Well, tell me about it tomorrow. We're going to go on this date. We're going to go to River Ridge, which side note, River Ridge, when I, River Ridge, sorry. I don't really normally have 
problems with my R's. River Ridge was the little um, suburb of New Orleans I lived in when I lived there. So, you know, I have a personal connection to the story here. But anyway, um, River Ridge is obviously a ridge because, you know, Shadyside has everything. They've got beaches, they've got lakes, they've got ravines, they've got woods. They also have cliffs and River Ridge, of course, which is the local lover's lane. So Meg instantly forgets all of her, her concerns about being stalked. She forgets about all the notes and the bloody lunch and being attacked in the woods and the horrific onion breath because, oh my God, <gasps> Tony's going to take her out to Lover's Lane and they're just going to have a little date. Bitch, please. Anywho, it was the 80s. It was the late 80s, early 90s. It was a kinder, simpler time unless you lived in shady sides and it was fucked up. But, so, cut to Tony where now Tony's point of view, he freaks out because he is upset that Brian has confessed that he knows that Tony killed Evan. <gasps> bum, bum, bum. I know, right? You didn't see that coming. Actually, you probably did because I'm totally getting like scream ski Ulrich vibes from Tony. Like you think he's going to be in it and then they're like, no, he's not. And then they're like, yeah, he is. And they're like, no, he's not. And then bam. He did it, you know, just like Scream. So I'm totally getting those vibes from Tony. Plus, he's just kind of whiny. And so Tony's all mad. And he's in his own thinking. You find out that he did take Brian to the woods to beat the shit out of him and warn him not to tell anybody. Because Brian came upon uh, Tony and Evan in the woods a year ago and saw Tony kill Evan. And I, I actually skipped over this. I totally forgot. What happens is, this is where you find out that he wasn't just shot. I guess they were fighting over this rifle and um, because it was never really clear why. I guess they were just having an argument and um, you find out later. Just hold on. But they're fighting over a rifle. Tony pushes Evan and he falls down and the gun goes off and shoots him. And so he freaks out and leaves. Come to find out Brian saw all of that. So... Tony is the one that was calling. So now he's all like, well, damn, now she knows I got to kill her. <laughs> so his plan now is to take her up to, you know, River Ridge to the Lover's Lane place and then push her off the cliff. That's his big plan because he's freaking out. So <laughs> after this, we have Ellen and Shannon and Meg meet up and they, they remember this, the fun they had when they were little and... They play this game called, and I, I kid, I shit you not, I'm only telling you this because it comes into play later, called Eek a Mouse, basically where they would try to outscream each other. And yeah, right? I know, right? Insert screamy sound here. So, <laughs> so, but like they have this little sweet time where they're reminiscing their friends, but then they all leave it realizing, mm, you know. A lot of time has passed. And it's kind of sad. It was kind of bittersweet. Meg realizes that, like, you know, they're not as close as they were. You know, death will do that to you. It will drive people apart. Okay, so Tony picks up Meg. They go to River Ridge. And she's all, like, wanting to snuggle. It's cold. And <laughs> he's just thinking, okay, push her, push her, push her, push her, push her this whole time. And he can't do it. So he wusses out. And he's like, I can't do it. So he's like, I'll figure, I'll handle her later. Night of the party comes. It turns out it's that surprise party at the mansion. Ellen comes in and she actually is okay with it, you know, because who 
you know, you, you're coming back to Fear Street and to this big ass creepy mansion in the Fear Street woods. You're, it's a year anniversary of your boyfriend dying. Of course you want the shit scared out of you by all of your closest friends. But all seems to be going off well. The party's a hit. Meg seems to be happy with herself. You know, she's going to win Party Planner of the Year. She's got a bright, shiny career in it ahead of her. Until Brian stops the party and announces that he's reached the fourth wizard level. <laughs> I should not. He does it again. And Meg's all like, oh my God, he's off his fucking rocker. And he says he's going to bring back Evan. So <laughs> he, he says this and out walks Evan insert dun 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 sound tony freaks the fuck out he pulls out this gun that he brought because that's what you do you know i guess i don't know what he was planning he was gonna shoot meg he was just gonna have her for safety and he begins to confess that he knows who killed evan brian knows who kills evan and meg's like what but then the lights go out Mm -hmm. the lights go out so you can just picture this, like the, <laughs> the lights go out, there's all the gas, screams, something knocks over, something spills, and then there's a gunshot. Lights come back on, Tony has been shot, and then bam, there's Dwayne, Shannon's boyfriend, running away. He grabs Ellen, takes her hostage, and Meg tries to intervene, and then somehow gets taken hostage too, to where Dwayne then kind of hides them away because this is a big old creepy ass mansion now into some room kind of like in the back basement area and then suddenly he confesses to them both he's the one that killed evan he's the one that did it and ellen's like um no um brian and i totally saw tony kill evan you can't have killed evan and Dwayne's all like uh yeah no i was there i saw that too turns out again with this damn wizards and warriors game Turns out Brian and Dwayne were playing Wizards and Warriors and they heard a gunshot go off to where they came upon and they saw this happen. Well, this is where Dwayne, dude is crazy. He says that Evan had just fallen and hit his head. The gun, the gun didn't even shoot him. It missed him entirely, but Tony was so freaked out he didn't know that. So Dwayne's all like, ha, this is my chance. So he picks up the rifle and shoots him. Like, cold-blooded like and his reason why is so amazing because he's always hated him because tony i'm sorry evan i'm so confused now because there's so many people now that have confessed you know i'm like how many people want to take credit for killing someone to me if it were me i wouldn't be announcing it i would be denying it till the bitter end but no apparently everybody wants to have killed evan so it's 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 cool you know it's cool but so he's always hated evan because evan would never let him date his sister shannon he was never uh Dwayne was never good enough for her and so he's just like you know what here's my chance i'll get rid of you well i mean technically it worked for a year he killed evan and got with his sister shannon so up until now things are going great so Remember I told you to think back to that eek a mouse game. So they're sitting there, he's crazy and babbling about all these things. And the girls are like, um, wow, shit just really took a left turn here. So they, they play this game, Meg whispers it, Ellen catches on and she screams, which distracts him to which he is knocked upside the head with a frying pan. Yeah, knocked unconscious. There you go. And that's how the party ends. 
Apparently, flash forward to like the next day or so, he was hauled away. Who knows? What had happened was, um, Mike, Shannon's other brother, who we didn't really meet until now, had been working with Brian and Ellen. Because remember, Brian and Ellen thought that Tony killed uh, Evan. And so they had been working together. She was coming back. They had been plotting this. The guilt was just getting to them. They knew what had happened. They couldn't take it anymore. And so they were going to do this to get Tony to admit it. Okay. Come to find out this whole time, the reason that they were all even in the woods is Ellen had broken up with Evan and was cheating on Evan with Tony. And Tony was then cheating on, I mean, it, this is how your high school was, right? Maybe even the murder. I don't know. And Tony was cheating on Meg. So that's why Tony and Evan were fighting. Now it's all starting to make sense. It, trust me, it's real. I told you things got batshit. There's all different kinds of intertwining storylines. I don't know. But so they're all sitting around. Ellen has left. And now we we found out that Tony is going away to get help to, um, you know, he's spent a year feeling guilty, feeling horrible because he thought he killed his friend who he didn't really like, but it was his friend. And turns out he didn't do it, you know, but he still has guilt because he still kind of wanted him dead. So now Ellen's gone. So they're probably never going to see him again. And so Meg and Shannon are just sitting there going, damn, poor Tony, poor Ellen, poor us. They're just feeling bad for themselves. And Mike's all like, yeah, you know, I agreed to play Evan because, you know, they roped me into going along. We were just going to do it to get Tony to confess. So it was just this big elaborate plan because I guess, you know, I don't know. I guess Mike looks a little like Evan. Who knows? And so then the book literally, I shit you not, ends with um, Mike telling Meg that, you know, he's going away back to college, but he'll be back over the summer. Maybe they should date. <laughs> Seriously. So, and Meg's all like, of course, like, bitch, you just went through some major trauma. I mean, okay, yeah, you'll have the spring semester to deal with it, but damn, girl, I mean... Poor Tony, I get he cheated on you, but that dude just went to the nut house. And here you are trying to hook up with your best friend's brother. Didn't you fucking learn anything from Evan and Shannon and all these other people? I'm telling you, there were so many characters in this book. It was a riot to keep track of. But so that's it. That's it. That's how it ends. It ends with her and him being like, yeah, I'll see you on a date. And she's all like, but no surprise parties. <laughs> So that is the surprise party. And I'll tell you, I rated it four stars. I wasn't talking to you, Siri. I don't care if you'll respond. My God, why do you have to do this every time I record? Jeez, I'm crow. So, <laughs> and um, so my rating was four stars. There were a fuck ton of characters in this. And as you can even tell, even I got confused. I even reread it. So like, again, so I've read it twice within like the last couple of months. And there's a whole cast of characters. Everybody sleep with everybody. I don't know. It's kind of like Melrose Place with murder mixed in high school. But it was good. And I did enjoy it. Because while you did see the Tony thing coming, I guess Dwayne was a little bit like, um, what's his face? The other crazy guy uh, that worked with Skeet Ulrich. Matthew Lillard, his character. So, but I mean, he kind of came out of nowhere as the killer. So it was kind of like a 
not even a red herring, just kind of like an unexpected twist. So, um, and I calculated this, the fear as murder because technically it was a murder, but it could also be crazy because, um, what's his face? Dwayne was pretty batshit crazy. He was pretty cold blooded. And you know what? The body count though, y'all, the body count, we're still at zero. We can't count Evan. I mean, he technically-ish died in the book, but not really a year before the actual events of the book. So we're sitting at a big old zero here for the body count also. But you know what? My rating, the fear, the body count, the plot line, that's all great and all. But you know what time it is. Yes. Who is the queer? Now, you might already have your ideas. And I know last week, you know, it was kind of a little iffy on it. I was a little hard. My gaydar's not always strong. But this one, y'all, I really firmly believe that the queer in here was Brian, that young cousin. First of all, he was super into that dorky-ass game. He, there is no, I mean, it's just, you get a vibe. He was creepy. He was weird. He was unsure of himself. He, he, was, he was very much a voyeur. He was always watching and stalking around. Poor dude was trying to come out. He was trying to find himself. So the queer was Brian. Definitely easy, easy. Slam dunk. Definitely a Brian. So next week, tune in as y'all get this. I told you Shadyside has it all. But next week, we're going to go to, I shit you not, Fear Island, which is in the middle of, of course, Fear Lake, which is just off of Fear Woods. As we talk about the overnight, because who doesn't love a creepy ass camping story so that's gonna be a good one and i hope you come back for that so once again i gave four stars to the surprise party goodreads had it at 3.65 so i'm right in there with it the fear for this one was murder the queer was brian and the body count we still sit at zero but trust me those bodies are gonna start to pile up before you know it so stay with me but thanks for tuning in i hope you enjoyed it and i'll see you next week bye